I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, but we will. Uh, and there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty of Questions. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, darlings. Welcome to the Anna Man podcast. I'm Anna Man, actress, singer, welder, gotta have a backup, siren of the stage and screen. These are my memories. I am Anna Man. Anna Man is who I am. I am Anna Man. That's too high, darling. I did say that. I did say that. Morning. Morning, my darlings. Good morning to you all. I don't know if it's morning where you are, but you could at least pretend. That's one of the things we learnt at drama school, you know, how to pretend it's morning at any time of the day. Three in the afternoon? No, it's not. It's morning. Back to bed you'll go. But no, I hate mornings. They're the worst, aren't they? Aren't they? Is it aren't or aren't? Aren't they? But an aunt is like an uncle, but a woman. Is it aren't or aren't? Anyway, it doesn't matter. God, mornings, you drag yourself out of bed, still half dancing in Puck's nightly dance through the brightly coloured forest of dreams, thick with past triumph and future possibility. Oh, what a marvellous, endless, wonderful universe, how infinite the space inside our heads when we dream. Even my best friend Sue Clinch, and the poor thing's only got three quarters of a skull. She's not well, bless her, she's not well. Horrendous, horrendous accident and a quick save back in the late 90s. Do you remember the quick save supermarkets? She was trying to stack a can of beans. I knew that job would do for in the end, I did. I said, Sue, I used to go in every day, you know, to pick up a few items, and I'd see her there stacking the beans, and I'd go, for fuck's sake, Sue, you don't stack beans, you're an actress. Sue, you act, we're actors. Don't stack beans, Sue, it'll kill you, it'll kill you. You don't see Sir Ralph Fiennes, or however you say it, pushing bloody baskets at a checkout, do you? You do, he's on aisle four, says Sue. Well, that's beside the point. Anyway, he was always the least of the Fiennes. Fuck this, Sue, I said, apologies for swearing, but I will not hold back. If you don't know that by now, then get off the podcast. You're not working here anymore. There must be a theatre whose stage will still be able to hold you. She got very big by that point, very heavy. Not that she put on weight. It wasn't that she was put on weight as such. It was more that she was carrying a lot of rocks. Anyway, I pull on her arm, forgetting it's entirely detachable. Another long story, I won't go into that. And I end up tripping her into a sort of one of those pyramids of beans, which you don't see anymore. And what the fuck were they thinking? They were insane. It's like they were literally set up for sitcoms. Anyway, all these beans fall right on top of her, one after the other, bang, bang, bang on her cranium, like a waterfall of, well, a waterfall of tins of beans. By that I mean a waterfall, but it's 
you know, it's all tins of beans. And where did the beans come from? We don't know. We don't know. But what a vision. Fuck. Picture it if you can, my dear listener. A waterfall of tins of beans just flowing in slow motion, possibly in black and white. Very David Lynch. Very David Lynch. Sort of weird thing that guy would do. He's weird. Some sort of scene of a man screaming at a woman, you know, screaming at a woman, get my eggs, where are my eggs? And then it'd be superimposed with like a waterfall of beans. You know, I could sell him that. I've got his number somewhere. I'm going to try and sell him that. You know, I actually worked with David Lynch for a while when he was making Twin Peaks early days, you know, when he was still making his name. Funny little story. I was walking past the studio where they were making the original pilot of Twin Peaks. I'd actually just been filming a TV docudrama all about Jesus being a robot or something. I'm not sure what it was. It was very bizarre. But anyway, I suddenly needed a massive crap. Really did. I'd been eating a lot of old bread and fishes all day, you know, as, as part of the scene, and also just because there wasn't any catering, so I just ate the props. But anyway... That happens a lot, more than you'd think, actually. David is a real fucker for it. Anyway, I duck on set. I run into this, you know, this... I, I have to poo, guys. When I've got to go, I've got to go. I run into this studio set, which I did not realise was for Twin Peaks. I didn't even know what Twin Peaks was. I didn't know what a peak was. I hadn't reached mine yet. I was still very much near the bottom, and I didn't get much higher. But anyway, the point is... I ran onto this set. I didn't know it was a set. I just thought it was a living room. And I started taking a dump behind a sofa. And yes, you could say, you could say, well, what did you think it was a living room? And you still did a dump behind the sofa. But I had to go. Suddenly I hear action. Fuck. And they start to play this scene. They've got no idea I'm there at that point. So they do the scene and then the camera pans down out of shot and just as it goes down out of shot it you catch my wobbly ass just sticking out from behind the arm of the sofa you know thank god i hadn't actually pooed at that point that would be even worse i was i was about to go uh, when i heard action then the poo just came back there's a lot about poo in this please feel if, if you don't like poo get off the podcast seriously if you don't like swearing and poo anyway there i was my bum just poking out from behind this sofa, right? Uh, from behind the arm at the end of the shot. Anyway, Lynch looks at the shot afterwards. He still doesn't know I'm there. He watches the shot and he gasps. And later he would describe that as the most terrifying thing he'd ever seen. Just this arse sticking out behind a sofa at the middle of a scene. Now, David is a very special creator. He, well, he's a bit nuts. He believes in angels and stuff. But he follows his muse wherever it takes him, you know. And he very much believes great stuff can happen by accident. And he was really into this arse, my arse. For a long time, my arse was going to turn out to be the sort of major villain of the whole series. This was before they had that weird guy with the long hair. You know, it was going to just be my arse. But Kyle McLachlan, or however you say it, he was entirely against the whole idea. He refused to face off against my arse. He said it. He said, David, I will not have my arch nemesis, my arch nemesis in this series be just a sort of middle-aged woman's arse. And eventually I was replaced by a dwarf talking Swedish or something, which was really quite, you know, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. And the point is that life is hard right 
and Sue's got three quarters of a head. They're the two points. Sue's got three quarters of a head. Life is hard. But what a head. What a head. Fuck me, it's huge. Biggest head in showbiz, that's what they used to say. That's why she had to pump up her muscles in the gym all those years, you know, just to keep the bloody thing aloft. She needed a neck, like a bucket, like a big bucket, just to keep her head there. You know, her head is massive and terrifying, obviously. She has to remain constantly vigilant and has had to all her life for hunters. That she might get hunted down, you know, and have her head stuck on someone's wall. Trump Jr. has offered me big bucks many times for the right to hunt her down. I must admit, during lean times, I have been tempted. But anyway, I digress, I digress, put our service to the test. The point is, I get up this morning, having had this marvellous dream. I can't remember what the dream was. It was great. It was probably me on stage, you know, and everyone was really laughing and applauding and all that. And anyway... I wake up, I step out of bed, fuck! I'm wrenched back into reality. Oh, fuck, I scream. Very loud, wakes you up, who's been sleeping next to me. She's lovely, she's like a big pillow, she really is, absolutely cuddly, you know. Especially if you get the head. Anyway, oh, fuck, I scream. I'm still here. I'm still in this body. Oh, God, life's carrying on. Why didn't you take me, King of Dreams? Morpheus, why didn't you claim me for your kingdom? I don't need this. I don't want any of this shit. I'm still in this flat, these dreary four walls. I mean, when I say four walls, there's tons of rooms, so it's more like hundreds of walls. I've been living in my ex-husband Jim Peach's house for a while now. He went missing in the marketplace of Marrakesh a long time ago, so I just sort of moved into his flat. Could be dead, lucky bastard. You got out, Jim, you got out. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm being very depressive today, aren't I? I'm so sorry, all right? I, I did have some annoying news last night. So we've all been in lockdown, all these actors, you know. And I was meant to be doing a job, right? Well, I did a job before and I was going to get in the second series of the job right the writer literally texts me to say Anna we loved you so much your little appearance in the first series I'm going to write you into at least three of the episodes for the next series and make your part a thing oh fuck wonderful I was so excited anyway I tell my agent who is still alive it turns out he's just been pretending anyway I tell him about this he goes well I, I don't want to bother anyone I said no find out get in touch you know find out anyway weeks pass I'm waiting and waiting waiting looking forward to this suddenly the agent gets in touch yes we spoke to the casting director it's Amanda Predator I don't know if you know her she's absolutely monstrous anyway we've spoken to her and apparently that that part's gone away we're sorry to be the bearer of bad news what the fuck I scream Later on, I get a text from the writer. Oh, I was going to tell you, I'm so sorry, but I'm a coward. I'm a coward. Yes, bloody are. You bloody are. It really is upsetting. They said, well, you know, the channel, the channel wanted a new character, all this stuff. Anyway, apparently it turns out they've discovered my, I call it a disability. Other people disagree. The fact that I can't learn lines. Now, many say I just can't be bothered. And there is a lot of truth in that. But if I really need the money, you know, and I was so excited about this job. I was like Janine in Ghostbusters. Remember, we've got one. It was like that. I said, Sue, we've got one. Anyway, when I did the, the series before, I only had one line, you see. And even then I had to write the line around the room, like all over the room, all over the set. It was like um, 
It's like a sort of satanic moment, you know, like when they draw crosses on the wall, like that, but my lines all over. I even got Sue Clinch in to just say the lines at me mid-scene, and then I would repeat the line. And the line was, I mean, the line was literally, can I have a minute, please? That's all it was. And it just took me so long to get, I never got it right, to be honest. In the end, they just sort of went with whatever. So I think I did let them down. So in a way, it's fair enough, you know. But I, I mean, I only got the part because I went in for a read-through. You know, this is, they do a read-through with these parts and they get people to come in. People like me, who have sort of almost made it, but didn't, who they can rely on, you know, to come in and just sort of read reading the bit parts, you know. And I, I came in, I read lots of parts, including a couple of lead roles in the part. Anyway, Amanda Predator came up to me afterwards and I think, fuck, here we go, there's a chance. And I go, Amanda, there's some great parts in that. Is there one for me, darling? Is there one for me? And she goes, oh, yes, I think there's a very good Anna Man part in there, don't you? And I say, yes, darling, yes. I was thinking, I don't want to get above myself, but I was thinking the lead part... And she goes, oh, were you? I say, yes, I was. I was thinking the lead part would be very good for me. And she went, oh, yes, I was leaning more towards the waitress. Uh, the waitress, I say, isn't, does she have any lines? She says, oh, well, it's not about the lines, is it? She says that, that the waitress screams Anna Man at me. I could really see Anna Man the waitress. I'm like, all right, all right. And the thing is, fuck her she knows i've got to say yes because i i mean we are drowning here darling says actors are drowning the theaters are not they might as well have been burnt down by acid anyway fuck her i think she's still angry at me for tricking my way into a casting for uh yoko ono we got a lot of flack for that you know still you take what you can britain is reopening everyone has done really great at keeping themselves and each other safe but now it's time to get back out there and back into the world. Support our local cafes and restaurants. Walk around with your head held high saying, Saint-Germain, guys, Saint-Germain. Hi there. This is Eddie Cartesian, owner of the Saint-Germain Café. Unfortunately, not in Saint-Germain, France. It's in Leicester. But it's probably the world's only café dedicated purely to the music of the 1990s acid jazz French group Saint-Germain. Anyone who knows me knows I love Saint-Germain. live for Saint-Germain, you know. As far as I'm concerned, it's not just music. It's a way of life. I play it 24-7. I play it in the car. I play it in the bath. I play it when I'm on my moped. I have a little uh, radio, uh, you know, a kind of, uh, well, it's like a CD player, if anything. It's sort of strapped to the, the front of my bike and I just play it out. It's got a kind of megaphone. I like to spread Saint-Germain wherever I go. Funnily enough, I don't like I don't like football much, so I don't get into the, into the football so much as Saint-Germain. You know, I know they played Bayern Munich the other day but uh, no I love Saint-Germain but I did watch it you know I mean I didn't know what was going on it's just a bunch of guys kicking a ball around the field but you know it was absolutely Saint-Germain and uh, uh, so yeah come on down to the cafe that's what it's ever all about we play Saint-Germain music 24-7 well we're only open for six hours or so a day uh, it's just me at the moment I cannot get the staff to come back. <laughs> I followed the chef. I followed the chef and he went to Portugal taking the money with him, which was not a very Saint-Germain view, quite frankly. But we serve guava shakes. 
Um, that's all we serve at the moment because as I say the chef is out there and I do not know my way around a cafetiere we got a load of guava shakes in just before lockdown and I cannot get rid of them honestly though they're lovely they really are I mean it's all I've been drinking for a while I've lost a lot of weight but come on down guys it's been tough in lockdown, you know, you can imagine it's not been very sad, your man. I had a funny thing, actually, guys, where I decided to get in touch with some of my old flames, you know, some of my old girlfriends. I just thought it was quite a sad, your man thing to do, you know, give them a little ring and go, hey, it's Eddie, sad, your man. Um, how you doing? You know, so I called up uh, Joanne. She answers the phone. Hey, Joanne, Saint-Germain. I'm there, you know, I'm playing Saint-Germain behind me just so, she, you know, because that's kind of what I'm known for, if anything, really. Uh, hey, Joanne, Saint-Germain. She goes, who is this? I go, it's Eddie. It's Eddie. Who's Eddie? You know, Eddie. Who's Eddie? It's Eddie. Come on, it's Eddie. She goes, who's Eddie? I says, it's Eddie, Joanne. It's Eddie. She says, I don't know an Eddie. I said, yes, you do. We we, we were in love, Joanne. We were, you meant the world to me, you know. You broke my heart. We were going to get married. She says, Eddie, Eddie Cartesian. I go, yeah. She said, Eddie, we were six years old. I go, I don't care. I've never really got over you. It's not such a man, guys. Every girl I've ever loved has been the same I start you know I'm crying um, we're on Zoom together and that's not nice her husband comes on you know he's not Saint-Germain he kind of makes me get off the zoo it's, it's cruel people can be cruel anyway guys um, that's just I'm getting a bit distracted there come on down to the Saint-Germain cafe in Leicester and uh, grab yourself a guava shake Let's have some fun together. Okay, Saint-Germain, guys. Saint-Germain. It's all Saint-Germain. Britain is reopening. Everyone has done really great at keeping themselves and each other safe. But now it's time to get back out there and back into the world. Support your local cafes and restaurants. Walk around with your head held high saying, Saint-Germain. Rule of three. We're people who make funny stuff. Talk about something funny that they love. Because I remember as a kid thinking that's a really good old-fashioned gag, but it's also nasty. The actual VHS, this is clearly sufficiently important to me that this went to house moves as well. There is that, that joy and that slight fear as well about who's going to say what. Everything from airplane to bottom. From when Harry met Sally to the Muppets. Trying is good. Aiming high is good. Being ridiculous and not being afraid of failure is is good. I think that joke is so fucking funny. Again, I just think this is hysterical. It's beautiful stuff. Rule of three from Great Big Owl. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Anyway, so it has been a bit of a downer, but hardly atypical or surprising. I find life very hard sometimes. I really do. Sometimes I go to bed and I think, Anna, whatever you do, don't wake up again. Sorry, darling, sorry, I'm bringing the mood down, I know. You see, it's been quite a tumultuous, tumultuous few months. I've recently been diagnosed with bipolar, which you might know as manic depression. I say diagnosed, you know, I sort of diagnosed myself, but also it is a thing, honestly. It is a bit of a turn-up for the books, um, and it may be bullshit, may well be bullshit. Most of what I say is bullshit. I'm an actor. We bullshit like unto gods. Is that Macbeth? I don't know. Anyway, my daughter Mahogany, or Hog, has made me do therapy online, which was weird. I mean, I did therapy back in the day. Well, I called it therapy. It was more like a sex thing, you know. But um, I've never done proper therapy where it's actually, you know, where they've got a certificate or anything like that. Anyway, she has made me get some online therapy. I said, darling, Mahogany, there's nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about? She says, darling, she said, it's not there's something wrong with you, but I think there's something that you have that should be addressed. You know, I said, well, what about Sue Clinch? There's tons wrong with her. She's not well, bless her. She says, mother, I think you're distracting. You're, you're going off the subject. I said, I am not. I do never not. I do never, never not do I go off the subject. By the way, the Flower Pot Bakery have started selling mini carrot cakes with sugar, loads of sugar. Shall we go and get some? My treat. She says, mother stop going off the subject you need to get help i said well you need to get your hair done she said i just did i said oh really fuck she's always had awful hair bless her when she was at school i made her wear a wig dreadlocks very fashionable at the time she'd never really forgiven me anyway we had a huge argument as we do every other day i walk away head held high apologies for any noises by the way i'm literally doing this under a table but you know I walk away, head held high, um, not my own head. I always carry a shrunken head, which I hold aloft like a talisman. And no, it's not nuts. It's voodoo, you Nazis. Anyway, you see how my mind works? It refuses to rest. Oh, my mind, it's always very down. And oh, God, what's the point? It's very up and fuck. I'm alive and I'm on fire. Someone put me out. You know, that sort of thing. Nearly 60 years old I am, and I'm, I'm still wrestling my mind day and night like Jacob with the angel. Only my mind is no angel. It's an absolute shit fuck. Apologies for swearing, but um, you know where to go. Anyway, it all came to a horrible head, not a shrunken one, a metaphorical head. It all, it all came to a head, you know the phrase. It all kicked off when I found myself one day driving to Seaford in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know if you know Seaford. It's near where I live in Brighton, but it's packed with the best charity shops in Britain, sadly manned by the worst old women in the world. Anyway, that's by the by. But I probably went there because I wanted to go in one of the charity shops or attack one of the old women. Anyway, I wake up and I'm behind the wheel. Fuck, how the hell did I get here? I scream. Then I remember I don't have a car, A, and B... I can't drive. I was actually doing fine till I realised this, and then I crash instantly straight into the window of the local scope, which I guess was technically a ram raid. 
Um, I won't lie, I did lift a couple of shoes, a picture frame and a copy of the movie Frozen. Not the animated one, the one where they get stuck to a cable car. Sue's favourite film, I got it for Christmas. Anyway, I get all that stuff and then I realise, fuck, I need to do something. I've crashed a car, I don't know whose car it is and where I am. Well, I do, I'm in Seaford, but I don't know why. I call Sue for help. She arrives in a flash, bless her. She's always there, bless her. She lifts my car out of the rubble. If you need a visual image... You may remember the, uh, you know, the old Superman film of Christopher Reeve. Do you remember where he's a baby? Clark Kent is a baby. Superman's a baby. And he, he lifts up his um, uh, adopted parent's truck, you know, and they sort of, you know, they're fixing the wheel and suddenly the truck lifts up and it's this baby holding the truck. Well, it's similar to that. Imagine that, but with a gargantuan woman in her late 50s with a massive three-quarter head dribbling crushed oat cakes from her floppy lips and that's that's the sort of thing anyway oh so sue takes me back home we just leave the car there we don't know whose it is it doesn't matter there's no cameras on a scope is there and i hope not i get home and i did a stupid thing i I mentioned this to hog a few days later hog loses it absolutely loses it she demands i do this therapy thing so now i'm doing it and i feel like i've been labeled they've decided i've got bipolar And I refuse to be labelled. I hate to be labelled, unless the label says, you know, exceedingly real or incredibly brave or something like that. Anyway, so I fought against it somewhat. But thinking about it, it does explain a hell of a lot. You know, mother was a big narcissist, which often leads to this sort of thing. And my whole life has just been up and down, up and down, swinging brutally between ecstasy and misery. Just think of all the husbands I've fallen for, then drop the next day, once out of a window. No hush, it was only the second floor. He had incredibly strong thighs. He was fine. I spoke to Sue about this at length, and I think in a way, I think she might have it as well. She said, I've always thought I might have it as well, she said. And I think she might be right. I think we both got it. It goes some way to explain our tempestuous relationship. You know, one of us is always up, the other one's down. Up, down, up, down, up, down. It's like we're two women side by side on trampolines, you know. Up and down we go, up and down. But one woman is like a sort of beautiful snow tiger or something, you know, and the other's like a, well, like an angry hippo. And I'm not saying which is which, because I know some of you have said I've been cruel in the past, but I'm not saying who is the hippo. I tell you what, just imagine there's little asterisks on that sentence and then I'll give you the answer at the end then that's that's not being mean is it but anyway up and down we go always at different speeds occasionally a quick high five in the middle but if I'm not careful and we we time it wrong I can end up with my head right up Sue Clencher's snatch so to speak it really is it's tough you know two of us two two of these lovely bipolar people just bouncing up and down and I don't know if, I hope I'm explaining this well and I, I you know well, maybe Sue's fine I don't know maybe Sue's fine says Hog Hog said to me maybe darling maybe mum she doesn't call me darling mum maybe Sue's fine and it's actually you it's just you that's troubled you know and I said no 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 Hog no I say no I Sue Clinch is not fine. She is not well. That's the whole basis of our relationship is that Sue is not well. If you're telling me Sue is fine and I am not, then I have nothing. She says, well, you are fine. You know, it's all right. If you, It's all right. You're just a bit poorly. She says, why do you have to base your life how your life is going on, on other people's failure. I said, why does your hair look like a red squirrel blow-dried? Anyway, another big argument. We're not speaking again. So, yes, mornings can be tough. Ah, 
And it is strange to suddenly get this diagnosis at 60, to suddenly find this out, you know, to accept this label. And I, I didn't like it, I wasn't happy about it, but you know what, darling, as I face another day, another day of relentless failure, as I stare at my lumpy, naked frame in the mirror, as I worry about not doing enough exercise, you know, eating loads of packets of biscuits, feeling the onslaught of memories, all the hearts I've broken, all the lies I've told, all the opportunities I've pissed down the drain. And I think, well, at least I think maybe that wasn't just because I was an absolute ass. Um, I mean, obviously, with David Lynch, I mean, it was literally, I was, in his mind, I was just an ass, which, looking back, was extremely reductive. But I think, you know, maybe there was something going on. And then I think, well, well, then that means it's not just me, you know. I'm not just inherently awful. I have a thing in my mind, and I, I can't help it. But I can try to manage it at last, you know. And at the very least, if I think that, that gets me to the kettle, and I start another day. Hmm. Oh, Asterix, Sue Clinch was the hippo. Thank you, darlings. Good night. See you soon. God, is it night time already? Fuck. Love you, darlings. Stay safe. Stay strong. Fight. Well, darlings, before I go, I would just like to say a thank you to my wonderful Patreons. You are incredible people. I still can't believe you're all helping me out get through this pandemic and all that. And I, I apologize that I am not creating enough. I wish I was. There are many things going on, but I'm doing the best I can. And thank you so much for bearing with me. And there will be a special little extra Patreon recording coming very soon, hopefully in the next couple of days, just for you. You, my darlings and i want to say thank you to all those patreons um so who do we have just working backwards and i'm sorry if i haven't mentioned you oh fuck off i love it it's dan settle is that dan settle or dan Setti? either way it's absolutely wonderful dan settle oh get the kettle dan settle come on Come round for a cup of tea. I mean, you don't have to bring your own kettle. I just said that because it... Anyway, thank you for your pledge. Kate Steinberg. Fuck off, you're a clever one. God, you've studied. You've studied everything. The cello, everything. Who else do we have? Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams, you're not the Trevor Williams who worked with me on the um, good ship Marmaduke. Is that you, Trevor? You were the captain, I think. Maybe it's another Trevor. Anyway, you were awful, but still very visceral performance. Really went for it. Just very odd direction. Kate Robinson. Bless you, darling. Oh, Kate Robinson. She's a bit of a brainiac, Kate Robinson. Always got a, always got a finger in a book. Always reading some sort of... She, I mean, she looks at it as well. She doesn't just put a finger there. In fact, I'm not sure why she puts the finger there. Possibly to keep her page. Artemis Buffington. Oh, God. Here she is. Or he, I'm not entirely sure or not. Anyway, bless you, Artemis. What a fantastic name. The goddess. Fuck. The goddess of the hunt. Fuck off. I love it with your, your silver wolves, your massive bow and your, your strange headgear. And the Buffington presumably comes from um, Lord Buffington, who I believe invented the first complaint. 
And of course, there is Delia Casadai, 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 who um, nothing to say about her. Bless up. No, no, shut up. Delia Casadai makes a wonderful, absolutely wonderful flapjack, and she's not afraid to tell you either. Also, of course, Andrea Demar. She's been sending lots of lovely messages. I think you're. Are you in California? Oh, Trevor Williams. I've just seen that you deleted your pledge. And then you pledged it again. Well done. You like to keep me on my toes, Trevor Williams. How lovely. Please hang around for the end because I've got lots of information after this on how you can contact me and and things you can come and see and things you can do. I really admire, love the support um, and it really is keeping the wolf from the door. And I, I really need to go out and shoot that fucking wolf. I don't know why Sue bought it. I really don't. And the last thing I want to say is just, um, just a little dedication this this podcast this week is in in honor of the wonderful Chadwick Boseman who of course we lost age 43 absolutely tragic but a wonderful wonderful incredible actor and there's so many awful people out there at the minute aren't there and so many and getting all the interest and, and getting everyone to like them and 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 make the world a little bit worse and I think he was one who who sincerely tried to make the world better so Wakanda forever and um, and yes, that made me very sad, so I'm sure it did you all. But on a brighter note, I will be back next week. Again, sorry for the delay. You know what it's like. It's fucking mad. But I will be back. I love you all. Be visceral, be real, be brave. You've been listening to the Anna Man podcast, created, written and performed by Colin Holt. Edited by the wonderful Dan Snellgrove and inspired by the repellent Sue Clinch. You can support our incredible work by going to patreon.com slash Man or ko-fi.com slash Man. You can also hire Anna for your own private Zoom parties. It really is a tremendous way to spend an evening with friends and has been going down phenomenally well. Send an email to colinholtcomedy at gmail.com or if you'd like a lovely birthday message, video or audio, email to the same. And if you'd like to hire Colin or Anna for gigs or events contact united agents please follow us both on facebook twitter instagram and youtube by looking up animan actress or colin holt comedy and never the twain shall meet great big owl.com Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details